You are now tuned in to Believe. Do you believe? If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. Whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win the championship, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Bet responsibly. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So I don't know if you heard, but apparently former NBA player Lamar Odom may be returning to professional basketball in Spain soon. I was reading a press release about how he started taking a pH balancing alkaline supplement called Balance 7, and that's what has helped him bounce back from his hospitalization in 2015. He even said, I have an enormous amount of energy, which is good for me. It's important when working out, I always need energy to level up. Couldn't agree more with Lamar. After watching him fight Aaron Carter in July's celebrity boxing match, I think it's safe to say that Balance 7 is working for him. Cool thing is, we've got a promotion running with Balance 7 right now, where if you go to their website, balance7.com, and use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout, you'll receive a free 4-ounce bottle of My Smooth Skin with any purchase of Balance 7 products. That product retails at $13.99, so I'd say it's worth it. Again, head to balance7.com and use the code B-L-E-A-V at checkout to get in on the promotion. I know I will. If it worked for him, it can work for you too. Welcome, and thank you for tapping into some untapped keg. I'm RJ Zimmerman, here with my good friend, Monte Ball. How are you doing this morning? Uh, I'm, I'm tired, man. You're tired. I'm struggling right now. Struggling right now. Um, still going to have a good show, of course, but I think it's more so my allergies are just kicking my butt, man. Kicking my butt. Right now, these allergies, my nostrils, my eyes are watering earlier. I had to run upstairs pre-show to go blow my nose. I had to freaking, oh, well, I guess I could do this one right here. But, um, yeah, I'm getting destroyed right now. But outside of that, all has been well. All's going well. I think uh, it's an exciting time right now going into the fall. TV shows, movies, football games, etc. All is well right now. How are you Delta, doing, man? Delta just ripping through, you know. Delta. The variant? Yeah. You talking about the variant? Yeah. Oh, it's like <laughs> I was like, right back to where we were a year ago, and it's oh it's for sure. It's frustrating, and it's looking like it's going to be worse actually because get vaccinated. It's free. Don't pay for anything. You know, I had a good question. I had a question. I asked somebody this the other day, and I kind of want your opinion on it. So, 
you know, people are going around saying right now, the folks who are not vaccinated, we can pretty much just chalk it up as they're never going to get vaccinated. Uh, Obviously, that you can't say that's 100%. I haven't, yeah. asked, I haven't asked my question yet. It's not a 100% Sorry. fact. No, no, you're good. But it's, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, how many people do you think would actually be persuaded? Of the people who you are say, vaccinated like right you, now? Yeah, do you think it's going to be, do you think it's going to even be enough? Mm. Like to me even, like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because to be enough <clears throat> to get to the herd immunity, right? You need to get right. to about 70% of your population. Um, I think closer to 80 is better, but 70% you can start to see a decrease in the spread. Right now, there's about 50% unvaccinated people in the United States. Uh, I would say 30 to 32% are never going to get vaccinated right? unless, there's a, unless there's a massive change in messaging that they hear because the messaging that they hear is all fear-mongering, is mm-hmm. a lot of false information, <laughs> and they, that's right where their tribe stands. Now that right. I, that other twenty ish percent, you know, you're looking at eighteen to twenty percent. I think they're honestly just waiting for more data, like see how us vaccinated people are. Like no side effects except for that first day, right? Like that's it, zero. So as soon as there's a booster available, <clears throat> I'm getting it. I'm I'm like, gonna be first in line. I ain't, I ain't absolutely playing. zero um, side effects, and so then they're gonna they're gonna. So the FDA is approving on Monday, correct? For the Pfizer vaccine? Yeah. So what do you think you see that? You know? might see more people go in. I mean, honestly, True. some people may not have had access so far because um, based on job hours, not everybody can leave their job to go get vaccinated. Not everybody right. can right. go to where the vaccinations are. So you're seeing people be or different entities setting up in areas to help people who have uh, limited access to vehicles and transportation so right. that, and then there's some areas where you schedule an appointment and they'll drive to you to vaccinate you. They'll come to your house to vaccinate you. That's, I believe that I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure in California, I believe it. Cities that I believe it. We'll do that. They have set that up. Um, <laughs> so that's what kind of what I know with, uh, I've I've been listening to a lot of like, you know, virologists and epidemiologists talk on uh, podcasts, and I just wish that they'd. I wish the news was more responsible with what they'd report about things, because yeah. sometimes they limit information on purpose. Um, and I mean, just Fox News is evil. I'm sorry, they are. And, <laughs> That's the truth. That's why I don't have my parents anymore. So, um, it's I snuck that in there on purpose. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I appreciate you responding to that because I. So do we ever get to the seventy percent? No, right? I, I unless there, like I said, unless there's a huge. So here's something that I've read: Donald Trump yeah. just held a rally in Alabama. Alabama's really, really high case volume right now. Shocker. He, he 
urged them to get vaccinated, and they booed him. The crowd booed Donald Trump when he urged them to get vaccinated. I I did not so hear about this. I, wow. I believe it was last night. So that tells okay. you okay. where those people stand. Even their deity, the person that they follow no matter what, tells them to get right. vaccinated and they just start booing. Like, so what are they? Not, what are they, uh, not it's, living it's, in reality. So true. It's going to be interesting to see what anti-vaxxers say after tomorrow. If the FDD, FDA does come in and approve the Pfizer vaccine, it's going to be interesting then to hear what they have to say. They're not going to change any messaging. It's going to be the exact <laughs> same thing. It's just the government being hush-hush and all this stuff, injecting <laughs> microchips. Because, you know, okay. with your phone, you know, they have that, – that's all the information they need, but they're going to put a microchip in you. Like, you willingly give up all your information online. Literally, if you have a Gmail account, they have all of your information. Everything. They turn your they microphone have your location. They have your location. They have your purchases through your Gmail account. If your Gmail account is attached to your credit card or debit card, they know where you're at, where you're spending, etc. That's why they're called Google accounts. Everything is in one. Um, I got another question for you, man. Okay. Are we are we in MC squared right now? I think we're in MC squared right now. I think well, we're I, a part I, of Monsa's conspiracy corner. No, no, no. This is this is perfect. But it's not because... like super conspiracy corner. But we're there a little bit. Right, we're but like looking this, at the corner. This next question is gonna. My my question is: Why do you think? Why do you think there's such a explosion of conspiracies? Or, or, or rather, should the question be, why do you think so many people are so gullible nowadays? Facebook. Or, right? Like, you, you, why are people so, like, the insurrection that happened on January 6th? How do you convince that many people? Just like, and then obviously the anti-vaxxers well, and then get the vaccine. How are, how are so many people convinced? Like, what's going on? 40% of the people <laughs> think that like that insurrection wasn't a real insurrection. Like they don't oh believe it was my violent, gosh. right? Like this is real. <laughs> These are real studies that are happening. It's unbelievable. Um people honestly, are delusional, unfortunately. People have always been this uh delusional. I mean, you wouldn't have so many dictatorships, you wouldn't have the rise of the Nazis, the rise of, you know, the Soviet Union, um, right. things that we would right. look at on this planet. And say that are evil, but good people followed those pe those evil people, right? Or at least people followed them. Average, the Dutch back in the 1500s. Right. 1600s. <laughs> I mean, you know, honestly, for most of U.S. history, <laughs> with the Native Americans and slavery and, you know, the treatment of uh, Chinese immigrants. I mean, any immigrants, let's be honest. True. Um, like people follow with that and right. Japanese internment. Like you have people who are willing to believe things that aren't real. Um, but now you have, you have something that can spread faster than okay. anything else. So like you had a right. rise when radio came on because people were able to listen to the radio. So if you started spouting some nonsense on the radio, people might be inclined to believe it as fact. But now, it's like the explosion of Roswell. Have, not only do you have YouTube, which allows a lot of things to be posted that are false, you have right. Facebook able to spread that to 
a lot more people. And then you have Facebook's algorithm that is very, um, it, it, it's very conducive to spreading that false information. So if you click on one, it'll, it'll send you to like something that's super extreme. It sends out the extremes, like no matter which side you are. Um, and then you have an entire news channel that (laughs) is called news that has been spreading this false, like building up to where we are now with them. Fear mongering is there (laughs) constant peddling of conspiracy theories that are provably false. It takes a couple Google searches to debunk. (laughs) Not even a couple. Like, (laughs) and so that's part of the problem is now you have all of this information that if you want to believe what you're being told, you can find something that tells you that you're right. True. I'm right.com. That's not. Yeah. (laughs) That's what they call Yeah. I'm right.com. It's it's a real thing. So that is part of the issue. I mean, you know what it is, honestly, is like when we were to bring this back to the show. uh, Welcome to Untapped Keg. Uh, (laughs) It is like when we're in our heaviest drinking stages and we believe that that's normal. This is what how everybody drinks. This is. People act like this all the time. Like it's part of being in your twenties. It's part of, but that's not true. Like we took it to an extreme. We were just looking at the extreme examples and being like, well, you know, me and them, you don't think they have an issue, but you think that I do like Mm. inside the bottle. You can't read the label, but that's, that's what people are Right. right now. And you, you can't change it by, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make them drink it. You can right. show people examples of being an alcoholic, show people examples of being an ad, you know, uh, have a substance uh, dependency issue, and they won't believe it until they see it for themselves. Until you want to make oh, that, that me. choice, right? <laughs> that's the same with me. That's me. <laughs> that the same with me. So until you want to make that choice, there's nothing that anybody can do to help me make it for you. And that's like where this. we are in society, too, with reality. I'm liking where this conversation is going. I got another question for you. I'm liking this. So when it comes to Facebook, when it comes to social media, because, yeah, I, 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 I'm I, glad you, you, you gave that answer because, in my opinion, that is the correct answer. Information can spread faster nowadays and not only spread faster, but just like you said, you can essentially create your own little bubble. Your timeline could be flooded with exactly what you want it to be flooded with. Um, again, it's if you believe that you're right about something, Essentially, you can search long enough on the internet, and you'll figure you'll find out that you are quote right. Yep. Is this is the sky black? Is the sky blue? Sky green? Purple? You could probably find millions of articles on stating that you're correct with every single color. Um, do you think that Congress, head of states, what have you, need to come down on Zuckerberg and others? And even Google. And and at least try to make it to where you cannot speak. You can encourage folks to get the vaccine or, or in a way just saying like, hey, I got the vaccine. I encourage other folks to get it. But I kind of feel like you can't post, upload YouTube videos if you dive in deep into mRNAs and and and. XYZs, et cetera, about what the vaccine is, what's being put in the vaccine. If you have no type of, you know, 
doctorate degree, anything, any medical, in, you know, you know exactly what I'm getting at here. If you have no extensive background in this research or if you studied it, don't you think that we should have some guidelines to where you can't just upload here? Mr. Ball can't just upload a video to dive in deep into the vaccine and talking about it and et cetera, because I, I'm not an expert. <laughs> like, you know what I'm getting at? Well, I think it's, we can't, uh, I think that's freedom of speech. I get though, right? it. Freedom of speech. That's where that line well, comes into on. play. It's like, we, we need exactly. to define what freedom of speech really is. <laughs> right. It, freedom it of protection speech against the government. <laughs> yes. Is the government cannot jail you for saying, Hey, uh, Joe, you Biden, guys suck. You effed up. <laughs> you effed up. You stink. You're evil. <laughs> like they can't, you know, somebody needs to uh, overthrow this government because X, Y, Z. Like they, they can't jail you for saying that. Now, if you take True. actions to uh, do that very thing, now that's not no longer freedom of speech and you're taking action, right? Right. But if you speak sure. about it, you cannot be jailed. And you cannot incite people, allegedly. You cannot incite people to do that either without true. consequences. So that's what true freedom of speech is. However, there is the freedom of the press, and that's more where this kind of falls into. There should be some more extensive guidelines. They should, if you are knowingly spreading false information or like, right. let's say they have Monte Ball on, average person on the street, and they define you as somebody in the medical field because you work in the mental health field, like that's not okay. And then you start exactly. spouting off your, you know, uh, what people you should not think you know about the vaccine, but you really don't. Because people should you, not. <laughs> you can Sorry, sound like you know what you're talking about, but then like a real doctor hears you and they're like, this person has no idea what they're talking about. Exactly. Like I could talk At about the- mitochondria of a cell. You know, as soon as as soon as you inject that vaccine, the mitochondria, you know, they start to attack it. And when when you start to get these uh, mitochondria all worked up and attacking things, they can actually turn on themselves and eat their own cell. And like that's not real. But I said mitochondria of the cell, so that makes me sound like an expert. Like like that's a real part of a cell is a mitochondria. Right. And everybody know. Like I shouldn't say everybody. A lot of people know that's a a right. real part of a cell. So it, I think you're making you really do need to go more in depth in who you're talking to. And that's where I think that we yeah. uh, are falling short on a lot of um, reporting that's going on right now. And a lot of uh, information that's being put out there. Everybody's an expert. No, man, I think it's, I really like how you put that because that's that's you're exactly right. I think it's like when I when I when I did the thing with UW Health, right? I'm encouraging folks to get the vaccine. Literally, if you go back and even watch my interviews, I said, for one, I'm not an expert on the vaccines, infectious diseases, etc., viruses, all the above. I'm not. Pretty much what I was stating, my message was. Get off Facebook, get off Instagram, get off social media and actually call CDC, talk to your primary care physician, walk up to the hospital, talk to some doctors, do what have do whatever you need to do. But speak to the actual experts and gain your information from them, then make your decision. Obviously, I would rather you get the vaccine, but 
make sure that you are actually well informed on the on the vaccine by the experts as opposed to our Facebook doctors. That's my message. I want you to get the vaccine. (laughs) I want you to get the vaccine, but again, it is your body. I understand that. I want you to get the vaccine, but I understand that part too. But just make sure you are well informed from the actual experts before you make your decision. Not your friend who barely made it through high school or did two months in college or or what have you. Um, we need to get your information from the people who have been doing it for, for decades. I would rather, here's what I always share with people. In the afterlife, I'm a believer of the afterlife. In the afterlife, if this so-called vaccine is a hoax and I end up dying in two, three years from side effects, I can live with myself in the afterlife knowing that, you know, I got fooled by the doctors. I got fooled by the doctors. 99% of the time, I'm going to go with the doctors and I got fooled. Okay, I can live with that. But in the afterlife... If five years down the road I die, or excuse me, I die, I die from COVID because I'm listening to our Facebook doctors in the afterlife, that would be a little tougher pill to swallow. <laughs> that would be a tougher pill to swallow. We're you, getting all you know, this information. The thing is, from- <laughs> you're not going to listen to the doctors until you get it and you get that sick. And then where are you going to go? Right. And who has exactly. to take care of you? And what are they going to put in your body? Medications that you're not even asking what's in the medications. You're so, not even asking when they're they putting three different types of medications in your system in two hours when you're in the hospital. Not once do you ask, hey, what's in that? What's in that? You never do. Right. Because why? Because you trust them. So that's my rant <laughs> on that. <laughs> well, <clears throat> You know, 20 minutes into the show. That's not a bad rant. That's not not bad. I like it. So, welcome. This is a new segment. Here we go. Welcome to Untapped Keg, the show where Monte Ball and me, RJ Zimmerman, we talk about our sobriety and recovery journeys. Also talking about mental health, um, other forms of recovery, because everybody's recovering from something, as Monte says. And... We just yes. try to lighten the mood with some laughs as well because we it's not that we are broken or that we uh, need fixing. It's that we're just living life. Right. So thank you for joining us. And, you know, last week our episode was about family and friends, right, and how they Indeed. affect our recoveries one way or the other. There's no way that they are just neutral like they don't affect it at all. And part of that is because they cause stress, right? Now, yeah. Yeah. There's good stress and there's bad stress, right? There's bad stress like you lose your job, you uh your you, your relationships oh, are stuff. on the rocks, right? You're having problems right. with your kids, you're having <clears throat> problems with honestly with friends and family right. obviously. Um bad stress. There's some, you know, got into a car accident. Right. Good stress. Would be anything exciting, right? Vacations, uh, moving, <laughs> yeah, moving, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> selling a house. Um, that's, that's you know, stressful. It also <laughs> that causes stress, but it's not necessarily bad stress. As right. in, um, you know, one is like it evokes 
bad feelings and then the other one kind of evokes possibly good feelings, but both are stresses on you. True. Well, I like that. You know, talking about how stress can be uh, good and bad, uh, we're always experiencing both. It's just a matter of what we focus on. What What is it that... What what is it? Which one do you see the most in yourself right now? Which one are you really dwelling the most on? I think a lot of times it's easy to dwell on bad the stress. negatives, right? And the bad Easily. stress for sure. So Easily. Talking <laughs> about this stress and how it affects your sobriety, because that both affect your sobriety in different ways. Yep. And they could both affect your sobriety negatively. They both could affect your sobriety positively everybody's different everybody handles it different everybody's triggers are different they're all yours this i is like what you said right there i never really thought about that actually uh, it, 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 good stress positively impacts my recovery journey because as we've talked about for now in 14 15 16 months on the show is staying busy helps. <laughs> staying busy helps. Busy. So essentially, what we're saying, stay busy, is good stress helps. <laughs> it can. It can. Like <laughs> staying busy with work, grinding. Uh, you know, making yourself. Yeah. I mean, not to the busy, not extreme busy to where you are just running yourself into the ground, but you know, staying busy, making sure you're doing X, Y, Z, getting home and going to sleep. <laughs> right. I mean that's that's help. the best. When you're first starting going sober, that's that's what I did. That's what I found worked right. for me. I put my head right. down, just got through the days, but eventually you do have to come to terms with why this substance had control yeah. of you like it did. What hole were you trying to fill? Because in my opinion, that's Ouch. what we do. We try to fill a hole, right? Um, Indeed, except for donuts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of us do do that too. So we try to <laughs> fill a hole with donuts. No, uh, I like, I like, uh, yeah, I, I good stress, bad stress. I mean, I think it's but even I good think... stress. So, like, one of my triggers sometimes is good stress. It's being out with friends, having a really good time. And you just feel like this would be a good time for a beer or a old fashioned sour or, a, you know, any of the above drinks that I used to drink. Like, I hear you, man. I'm playing. Got a few video games in last night and uh, some of the people I was playing with, one person was like, oh, no, no, let me, let me pause it real quick. Oh, hold on, guys, real quick. I'm going to go grab a beer. And I was just like, man. It would be nice to drink a beer right now. Right. While you're playing some some Call of Duty. If only you could have one. If only I could just have one. But if I would have even done that, be here. I would probably have woke, I've woken up probably, I don't know which county I would have woken up in, which county jail. Oh. <laughs> I would probably have woken up in. <laughs> so, but no, I hear you, man. I think this is a very important topic, especially, I, I feel like we can kind of mirror this with or kind of pair this with uh, what we discussed the last time. So we're talking about good Definitely. stress, bad, 
good stress, bad stress today. And I think we can also talk about families as well. We're getting into the fall season. We're getting into the holiday season. So when we talked last week about families, you know, how, what are the dynamics looking like right now? Um, your family dynamics, your familial dynamics, um, given the pandemic, has the, the vaccine, the COVID, et cetera, gone super political for you and your family to where it has, you know, put a wedge in between you guys? That was our question last week. And so now fast forwarding to this week, talking about good stress, bad stress. If you are someone who has that wedge in between you and your family, because this, for some reason, has gone political. How are you going to manage it going into the holiday season? This good stress, bad stress. Is that bad stress? Yep. Is that anxiety stress? Is it that you're, you're, you're sweating, you're thinking about it, it's two months down the road, but you're still like super fixated on it because you're nervous to get around your family who you have that wedge in between because of the, of, of this pandemic, this political pandemic, et cetera. So I, I really just wanted to throw that out there because I think it does tie into the good stress, bad stress. How does one manage that? I mean, because again, like, we're getting to holidays too. It's, it's alcohol. It's, it's everything in holiday season breaks. You're going to start seeing even more commercials and there's a lot of alcohol commercials, but you're going to see even more. And everybody's going to be, you know, it's going to look like the perfect life. It's going to look like uh, everybody's having the best of time. And the reason they're having the best of time <laughs> is because of that Bacardi or because of that whatever is right. big right now. Mike's hard, whatever. Right. I don't know, like those hard ciders, I think. I don't even, I think that's been moved past. Honestly, couldn't tell you. Seltzer, that's what it is. Hard seltzers. So. Oh. Like a LaCroix, but alcohol in it. That was a Coors Light guy. That's it. So, oh, and I, you know, that's, it's, it's, it's fake. It's not real. Like, that's not how life honestly is. Uh, and we all know that, but we all at the same time want to shoot for that perfection. We want to shoot for that right. house with the white picket fence. Do you think that we should? Because I see this is why this is why I really enjoy our Sunday morning conversations. Because again, take a step back, you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, we just like to kind of kick off the week. You know, Sunday is technically the start of the week with just some, some things you guys to think about throughout your day. You know, just things for you guys to think about. You're on lunch break and you kind of think back to what we're talking about. Um, do you think that? I think you might have answered this before. Hollywood is somewhat responsible for the poor illustration of addiction. Yeah. And how addiction can start. Obviously, it's not cookie cutter. Everyone's story is different. Every single case is different. How one becomes addicted to a substance. But yeah, that's a question that I had. Because Hollywood, and when I say Hollywood, I mean I don't just mean Cali, stories. where Hollywood's actually low located. Yeah, stories, uh, even independent films to to commercials, um, advertising, etc. All the above. That kind of all falls under Hollywood. But go ahead, go ahead. I mean, if you think about it, when you tell a story, you need extremes. You you can't tell a story about an average person because 
That's right. not a very exciting story. No, not very many people are going to tune in to see that, to see what's going on. It's going to be boring. Um, right. There's a little bit of truth to that, right? But when you constantly, the only thing you see are the extremes, that's what you assume the normal cases. That's what you would assume like a, a rock bottom would be. That's what you would assume right. like addiction looks like. That's what you would assume somebody who um, has substance dependency kind of is. And there are people out there that do look like that. But right. I would say on average, that's not what substance dependency looks like. That's not what we no. would classify it as. That, that's why I had problems calling myself an alcoholic for the longest time was because I didn't have to have alcohol to function. But every time I had alcohol, <laughs> I functioned with it, right? <laughs> you functioned, all right. Yeah. I mean, you know, at the height of <laughs> my drinking, I could put a 30-pack down by myself. Like, you know, I have have a 175 of vodka myself. Like, that's not normal that's not average that's right. a lot um and part of it is the culture that's just how the culture of the world revolves around alcohol too you don't see very many oh. cultures like islam what do we do the only ones are like hindu where alcohol things that uh affect your body are looked down on but like every other one is uh, you know, all these other religions, think of communion. Right. What 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 is the blood of Christ? Wine. Why? Literally wine. That's aggressive. That is so aggressive in my opinion. Let me opinion. tell you, when you're that 12 so years aggressive. old and you're drinking that wine, you think you're a BA. <laughs> you feel like you're a BA. So. It's. Yeah. Oh, we must tread lightly on the religion talk. Do we though? Because it's real. It is it true. I I'm not for the whole wine thing. Um, I don't see a point in that. To be honest with you, when you talk about communion, I do not see a point in the wine. Um, that's really all I got on that. But my question to you, man, I'm throwing a lot at you today. Yep. How do we change it? How do we change it? Because listen, when we talk about America, American society, this country thrives on sports and advertising. Thrives. And just like you said, a lot of the big bucks come advertising during sports. <laughs> and that's, you know, obviously there's a lot of other brands advertising out there outside of alcohol, but coming into the fall, going into the fall right now, we're going to see a lot of alcohol. How do we change this? How? How? And, and change, what does that mean? You know, eradicate Coors Light commercials? That's obviously not possible. Regulation. Yeah. Regulation from the government. Think about, if you can remember when we were little kids, there were, you might have been too young, because I'm a couple years older than you, but mm -hmm. I do remember cigarette commercials I remember seeing Joe Camel on magazine uh, covers, and I thought he was a, I thought it was a cool like cartoon that I wanted to see. I thought well, I don't remember those. Yeah, see? up to you. So <laughs> I remember that stuff. Um, 
the regulation is what happened, why they couldn't show that anymore. And gotcha. But alcohol has so much money to put into. It's unfortunate. Uh, you know, there's special interest groups that uh, special interest lobby. groups. <laughs> that's what they're called. That's what they're called. Okay. Like, that's their official gotcha. title. Oh, geez. Uh, to lobby for special interests. Yeah. To, to lobby for um, what their interest is, which is I need to be able to advertise my alcohol. But microbrews are doing just fine with no advertising. You could limit advertising for alcohol to, you know, sale pages. Like, like same thing with uh, cigarettes, right? You could limit that the same way. We just choose not to. That's a really like, good, good point because – no, sorry, go ahead. I, I was going to say I've been seeing a lot of data from our recovery posse hashtag on Twitter, and that's not ours. Yeah, yeah. It's just the one that we uh, we uh, follow a lot, follow yep. that hashtag. A lot of information out there that alcohol is the drug that kills the most people per year by far. Mm-hmm. It's the least regulated. That's why. That's why I made the statement yeah. last show. Whereas, imagine if we if we gave opioids the same amount of care and attention as we are alcohol, it'd be really it'd be worse. It's already bad. It'd be worse. Yeah. It'd be it'd be way worse. So, other question or other point I wanted to make because you made a really good point right there. Where it's a lot of these companies are at the point to where they don't really need to advertise. I mean, advertising is obviously something that is important. You still see McDonald's commercials. You still see Amazon commercials. These big dogs don't need to advertise, but they still do. There's still some, there's still something you can gain from advertising. I understand that. But as you were mentioning that, what popped in my head was, when's the last time you've seen a root beer commercial? A root beer commercial? It's been a minute. It's been it's been a long minute. I and mean, they're still and they're still crushing it. I know, right? <laughs> it's okay. uh, the last one I can remember, somebody showed me on YouTube, and it was a super old one. Yeah. So that's what they're still crushing it. I mean, <laughs> and that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, look, let's be honest. The big dogs, Budweiser, anything, Anheuser Busch, Miller, eat don't. You you you've you've gathered so you've grasped. So much of the market thus far, you, 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 I, I see, I'm stuck right now because I understand. Nuclearis doesn't advertise I understand and they make money hand over fist. Okay, right? that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a really good one, actually. All of these microbrews that we're talking about that are by themselves, like, right, do, there's a few that have gotten huge. I mean, Sam Adams started as a microbrew, they advertise now, obviously, they advertise for a long right. time, but. Right. Like they, they they grew to that level without any advertisement. You look at um, uh, I'm trying to think like these hard ciders. They grew without any advertisement. Uh, yeah, Moscow Mule. You know, it was they grew before they advertised, and then they took off a little bit more. So you can still grow. You can without needing this advertisement, and that that would go a long way, honestly. But you, this isn't just about alcohol companies. This is True. about like uh, TV networks. They lose out on so much money. Like, there's a lot of money that you are keeping. But here's from the thing: rich people. You don't even need to really. The regulation. I mean, there should be 
we can sit here and, and talk until our faces turn blue about what how in depth they should be regulated but at least as for, you know for starters these commercials and maybe i need to go back and re-watch some because i guess the uh, two questions here i mean do we really watch a a beer commercial from beginning to literally the end i guess around super bowl time but then also other question do you think these companies need to have more of a you know like the commercials where they're talking about prescription medication and then at the end, the voice gets really low and for like 17 hours straight talks about all the side effects that you can potentially get. Do you think that our alcohol commercials need to do something similar? Like, hey, do the same thing. That's fine. Hey, hey, here's some alcohol. Let's drink. Let's have some fun. Yada, yada, yada. We're all having fun. But then at the end, while, you know, like the prescription commercials do, people are just like sitting there dancing. And they get real low see, and talk see, about all the side effects. Do you think alcohol direction for thirty six hours or more? Exactly. Do you think that these alcohol commercials need to start doing that? Talking about substance abuse. Talking about yes. our substance use. I think we're now saying substance yes. use is the word now. And addiction recovery. And if you are experiencing any sort of attachments or dependency, I should say, toward with alcohol, here's like NAMI's you know, number or something. I don't know. I guess that's Wisconsin, but, but or no, it's national. But the thing, the thing there too is you've seen Budweiser, especially, you know, Miller. I haven't watched commercials in a long time. That's what I'm saying, yeah, right. But um, you have drink responsibly at the end of it. So that covers their liability, right? But does right. it? Should it? No, right? Like, they're... Right. they're there's a point where regulation needs to take hold. You ain't going to sell less Bud Light because you ain't At advertising all. on TV. But these TV no, networks are going to lose out on a lot of money if they can't, you know, if they can't advertise. So all of a sudden Bud Light has a lot more money because they don't have the big marketing budget. Like they're probably going to buy smaller brewing companies, which they already do like crazy. If somebody gets too popular, they buy them. For sure. Moving under their brand. So, for sure. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the right answer is. I don't, you know, Dan the Man has a good point. You know, it's hard to advertise now. So many different platforms people watch. It's not the big tree, three channels. Right. So, that does True. take away from the smaller True. person, right? But they're still growing. Microbreweries are still growing like crazy. Right. I question for you another one it should it should be regulated similarly to cigarettes yes absolutely because when we talk about alcohol use and we talk about underage drinking and we talk about obviously vehicular accidents especially around certain holidays yeah we most definitely need to have some sort of regulation we need to really have this talk question for you yep I think this is a very awesome question. A very, ooh, ooh, this one's gonna be good. At 18 years old, you can serve this country. Do you think? Ashley. Do you think that that should be raised to age 21, or drinking should be lowered to 18? Well, you know what I'm saying? I, I kind of wrong. I think that I, you can drink with a military ID. 
You can? I believe so. I did Wisconsin, not know that. I did not know that. Let me reel that question it back be, in. Let me do oh, some more. It might be on military bases. Okay, let me reel that bad boy back in, and I'll, I'll do some more research on that to ask that question. Um, obviously, just for starters, I think it's the, you know, leave it, the drinking age of 21. But I, I, I really love that conversation there. The whole serving the country at 18, can't drink to 21, or can you drink at 18 while you also serve the country, or should you, should you not be able to serve the country until you're 21? Indeed. So I think... I think I'm gonna reel that one back. We'll we'll work on that. I'll work on that. I'll put that one back in the chamber. That but question. It's a good point. It's a really good point. Like that right. has been brought up multiple times, especially in the state of Wisconsin, where of course, alcohol of is life. Um, of course. What what do you do about that? You can go fight wars, but you can't drink alcohol. That doesn't make right. any sense, especially with our it culture. Really- um, that's why I asked it because it's it, it's legal. It's legal to kill look someone, at our culture but it's not legal to <laughs> drink alcohol. Like what? Um, that's it's a, it's a fair point. It's a good point. It needs to be stated. It needs to be stated. What do you do with that? I don't know. Um, right. The, the drinking age was twenty one, or I mean, was eighteen. Then got bumped to twenty one, partially because of all the drunk driving. Because eighteen-year-olds are making such, you know, you are not a full-grown adult at eighteen, no matter how much we want to be- believe that. Like, honestly, twenty-five is kind of the new adult. You you can't rent a car till you're twenty-five, right? Yeah, right. Like, twenty-five I mean, it- is when we finally are like, actually, now this is what we, uh, this is kind of where we are with our. Mental age is like that's kind of Absolutely. where you're adulthood. That's where your brain stops growing, um, developmenting in a sense, age around age 25, 26. I think it's a really good points, man. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think on that. And Jenny's dropping some knowledge. We appreciate that information, Jenny, in the chat. So essentially, uh, to our listeners, Jenny and our chat researched it. If you can drink, if you're under the age of 21 and you were serving in the military. If you can drink, um, technically the answer is no. Um, the bases, whatever the base is stationed, that base, that commander, what have you, has to abide by the state law. Federal, essentially, is what it is. Um, but if, ooh, that's a good question. What about if it's in like, But all like Afghanistan before we that's pulled everybody it, that's out. That's what it says. The minimum drinking age on a U.S. military installation oh, US, located okay, outside okay. the U.S. is 18 years. Mm. Higher minimum drinking ages may be based on international treaties and agreements and on the local situation as determined by the local installation commander. Uh, Thank you for looking that up, Jenny. And finding Thank that you, Jenny. Early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, mm, and then I didn't Dan, know that. Dan says he was uh, on a base in Oklahoma fort, and they let his 18-year-old buddy drink. He thinks that if they, you were mili- in the military, they'd look the other way. And I believe yeah, that. I I believe that too. Go to any I bar in Wisconsin sure. wearing uh, you oh, know, oh, yeah. wearing a uniform. You <laughs> you're drinking for free, and it don't matter what age you are. Right, right. And that's the thing. And that's a that's just a wonderful topic because. Again, we've stated this multiple times on Unted Kick. Are we against alcohol? No. 
We're not against alcohol. We are not against alcohol. We are for responsible consumption of alcohol and also some self-reflection as you are doing that. Just monitoring, being mindful of your intake. That is what we are for. So, let's say an 18-year-old walks into a bar, this hypothetical, of course, wearing a military uniform gets served a beer. I, I'm, I'm sure that I've seen that before, actually, and I didn't say anything. Why is that? I guess, why is that? And I feel like most people are like that, too. You see somebody's 18, 19, wearing... That's- they're full gear drinking. And for some reason, you know their age. Again, hypothetical here. Why do we turn a blind, turn a blind eye to that? And I guess I guess I've already answered you know that why? question. Uh, the 18 and 21 thing. Well, hmm. because they could die like next month. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And for this person, this man or woman who's serving, and obviously others before them and more is going to come after them. Obviously, they they provide us the luxuries, the freedom <laughs> to be a merchant and serve alcohol. Okay, it's a tricky it's a tricky topic. It's a tricky subject, it really is. But I think it's really thought provoking. It's because as we yeah, I was as we talk say, about like, this, you know, in Wisconsin, it's very easy to get served at a bar <laughs> under twenty one. Bro, you could be 16. 16. And <laughs> a lady at a bar was offering to buy me drinks. Like <laughs> In Wisconsin, if you are in a bar, you are 21 years old. In yeah. this state, for some reason, they don't believe in that people snuck in or anything. It's it's Which, that's probably everywhere, unfortunately. If you're in, you're in, I guess. It's not up to the I, bartender. It's up to the right? doorman or woman. <laughs> Yeah, but small towns, there ain't no door person. <laughs> right. Most, Madison, Milwaukee, there ain't no door person generally. You just walk in. Uh, yeah. and, right. And if you have enough confidence, they they aren't going to check your ID generally. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 yeah. time to... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, there's a line, right? There's a line that is uh, drawn with alcohol. And there's a point where when you start drinking as a young person, how often does it turn into irresponsibly drinking it being a burden? Like you look at France, you look at a lot of European countries, there is no real drinking age. Like they have wine with their dinner, but that's the only time that they have wine is with their dinner. So they see from their parents responsible drinking. Don't get me wrong. There's alcoholism. There's still dependence issues. There's substance uh, abuse. There are many fallouts from that as well, but it's not as prevalent the sure. as it is in the United States. So I think a lot of that has to do with culture. I mean, what, which right? is obvious of course, but I wouldn't get any more in depth into that is the stressors. Do you think that us Americans face more stressors than other developed countries like France or Germany? Obviously it's kind of, I guess that can kind of be a dumb question in the sense, because neither of us have lived in any of those countries to 
have a real opinion, factual opinion of sense to this question, but do you think the increase in opioids and alcohol have a lot to do with American society? And when I say American society, you know what I'm talking about, the political divide, the tensions, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And let's not act like this is this is new. This has been going on for a very long time. It's just a new topic, that being COVID. Because, again, I think you made a great point. Over in France, yeah, they can drink at 15, 16, 17, because, yeah, they've been exposed to it by others who, obviously, because they seem to be doing fine, other responsible drinkers. Why is that not the case over here? Well, and our age limit's and higher. Canada and Mexico <laughs> are both eighteen. Um, mm. Why do we? We've glamorized I mean, it. I mean, we have. We've Russia, glamorized it. Russia can put down some alcohol. We have glamorized drinking for a really long time. You look at how popular the movie The Hangover was, right? Um, yeah. And you could go a lot further than that. Like uh, the movie Accepted. I don't know if you remember that, but. Oh, uh, yeah. Movie, the college movie. Yeah. Like they're playing 18 year olds in that movie. College freshmen. Right. They're just throwing parties, getting hammered all the time. Um, Blue Mountain State. Right. I mean, pretty much every Netflix show. Outer Banks right now, this new show. Yeah. I haven't even. I think I watched like three minutes of it. And I said, oh, no, I can't. I can't. I didn't know it was going to be something like this. As in. The whole team vibe thing is traitors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that's why this is all. Jenny makes a good point, and this is what I was going to say too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of our culture, how we identify ourselves, we identify ourselves behind our work ethic, behind our jobs, behind the cost of a lot of things in this country is very high. Um, mm-hmm. especially healthcare, especially medications. <laughs> so if you're in pain, you need to forget you're depressed. You're a lot of different. So self-medication has become the option because of expenses. Because of expenses. That's brilliant. That, that is, dude, I could write like 17 papers on that. And that's. I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating, of course, but that's. I a mean, good there topic is a right lot there. of truth to that, right? Like, mm-hmm. we go we go on storm to work, and mm-hmm. you're working sixteen hour days. You need to be able to relax. You ain't popping a Xanax. Exactly. You, know, you, you ain't popping pills that help you with that. You're, you know, most people aren't popping a melatonin. No. So here's my question then. Do so. Is it safe to say that? Most American, more Americans are, they feel safer taking alcohol than prescription drugs. It's not that they feel safer. It's the safer, safer as in they feel financially, it's a better decision. Like as opposed to putting Xanax in your body and not understanding how you're going to react to it. No, I think it has to do with going to the doctor, period. (laughs) How many, like I have literally (laughs) had this conversation with myself. Many times this year, 
how much do I need my ADHD medication? Because it right. is very expensive for based on my new healthcare plan. Like I pay a lot of money a month and it doesn't cover any medications. Zero. Zero medications it covers. Accessibility. This is a good my, topic, man. My this coworker is, uh, and his family, they like a family member decided because it was too expensive that they were going to cut out some of their medication that they need. Right. Well, oh, they had a conversation like, we can't do this. We need to make cuts elsewhere. You have to take that. And so they went back and they got it, but they, they had to do research on how to get it cheaper. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's America. Like the, what it would cost $25, $50 other places, basically anywhere in the world. I mean, I'm, I'm paying, $400 at a time for my medication. Like, right. and that's the generic. So people are making choices. Do I need to go to the doctor or do I just want to go to the doctor? Like that, that is, is not a question a you should be asking yourself. If you're that's asking it. yourself that question, you need to go. However, right. can you afford it? No, I can't go. Like, that's, that's it's a basic good. human right that we have not allowed people to go to the doctor when they need to even if you're a hypochondriac that doesn't mean you i never have even anything. thought about that man like I've, i'm kind of blown back right now sorry this, i never I've thought this about conversation this direction with my coworkers about our insurance because our insurance is not good we yeah. have a very 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 laborious job a very mm -hmm. dangerous job yeah and we have to think about man my shoulder really hurts does it hurt to the point that i probably shouldn't be doing this yes should I go to the doctor? Probably. I'm not going to. I'm not going to spend that money. Like, and then your shoulder gets to the point that you can't move it. You go in. Oh, you tore your rotator cuff. It looks like it's about a year and a half old. If you'd have come in, we could have done physical therapy, but we're going to have to do surgery now. You're going to be sidelined oh, for nine months. Like, that's in other what countries often. I never thought about that. That's a really good point. And Ginny pretty much summed it up in one word: accessibility. That's really what it is. It, it's it's a pain it's a pain in the ass trying to see a, uh, obviously not to see your primary care doctor but if you get referred anywhere else to see a uh you know somebody to check your kidneys or what have you good luck it's going to take forever unfortunately uh maybe maybe not always all obviously every case is different but this topic is important because i think that is true especially when we talk about our black and brown communities it's taboo to speak about mental health is taboo to go into the doctor and ask for help. Unless if you are literally like carrying your arm that's been detached off your body, you go to the doctor, but in the black and brown communities, you will rarely ever see that. Um, people just going in for checkups and stuff because of the costs, because of copays, because of the lack of knowledge surrounding insurance, which insurance can be confusing and they purposely do it do it that way. Um, it's sad because insurance companies overcharge you. And if mm -hmm. you call, they reverse it immediately. But they yeah, most they people will not it. call. So they mm -hmm. will make money off that. <laughs> so that's true. I will have to agree with you, RJ, on that strongly. And you as well, Jeannie, that, that it's accessibility. It's I can go to this because because there's a liquor store in every corner. You can throw a rock and hit a liquor store. Um, obviously, figuratively speaking, there. No, but you're not. Trying you're, to you deal with a rock and hit a liquor store. 
<laughs> but trying to deal with the doctors and the costs and, hey, can I just get this checked out? Oh, okay, we're going to refer you. But, oh, it looks like their next availability is 17 years from now. Um, in other countries, getting referred to a doctor, you don't even have to. I think they just let you go and see that doctor. Hey, primary doctor, Mrs. or Mr. Doctor in another country. Hey, yeah, I'm here for checkups. Something's really going on with my kidneys. All right, we're going to refer you to the, I don't even know what they're called, but the kidney doctors is what I'm going to say for lack of a better word. All right, well, yeah, we'll yeah, they got an opening next week. Kidney, they got, they, yeah, you can go see them uh, in two days. <laughs> right. It's, it's, but here is, oh, we got to check with no, the insurance companies. We have to check. We have to, true. Either. Case by case is different. I understand that. But here, oh, let's check with the insurance companies. Let's check with the folks who do not have their degrees um, in this field or any practice in this field. Let me, me, the doctor, let me ask the insurance company if you can get this operation. I mean, it's just this, this, this bureaucracy, essentially what it is. And it's this jumping through hoops. Most people don't want to deal with that, unfortunately. But there's a liquor store. But there's a liquor store. So that that's a really good point, Jenny and, and RJ. And it's um, that's a really good point. Self self medication. So I went in for my <laughs> shoulder. I was having really bad shoulder pains. I slid, it was my first slide of ah, the year a couple years. Pre-authorization. Ago. Yeah. So, so sorry, RJ. <laughs> I went to slide and I landed on my shoulder wrong. And I jammed my shoulder back up into the joint. And I've been having I've had shoulder issues for yeah, years. Yeah. <laughs> You tried to well, throw a baseball and mess it up. Well, uh, yeah. If I if I throw a baseball as hard as I can, my arm from my shoulder all the way down to my fingertips is numb. I have to let it hang there. I can't move it because I'm in so much pain. But I'm so competitive, I do it every time. Hey, I've never seen you throw a baseball like full throttle. I've seen you obviously throw a softball. Um, and you, you got some zip on that, bad boy. not going to lie. So obviously a baseball like smaller. To be. So... <laughs> I so I go in. They give me an X-ray because my insurance won't cover an MRI, and what I need is an MRI because it's not the bones that are the issue. It's my muscles. It's my, you know, the sack on top. Like I need, I need right. an MRI on my shoulder to see how bad the it really is. Like, did I do I have a tear there? Do I have a tear on my ligaments? Do I have, do I have it? You know what? what is wrong with my arm? Because there's something wrong. Right. So right. every time I go in, they tell me, Oh, we're just going to do, uh, we're just going to do physical therapy, which is great. It does help it feel better, but it never has felt even close to 80%. I'd say since I've had issues. Um, finally I went to the chiropractor and I said, okay, like my back a little bit jacked up, but I need you to look at my shoulder because my shoulder hurts so bad that I can't do anything with it right now. He looks at it. He's like, you have an impingement in your shoulder. You're, it's a little bit out of joint. Like we need to push it back down a little bit. And then, uh, you have a, you have a slight tear in your rotator cuff that I can feel. He's like, but it's, it's not so bad because otherwise you wouldn't be able to, it would hurt so bad if I did this to it, that you would not be able to stand the pain. But he Mm -hmm. said, there's a little bit of pain. So I know there's a slight tear there. And I'm like, okay, I go to the chiropractor and I get told this. Why can't I go to the doctor and get an MRI? Because it would be a voluntary MRI. It wouldn't be necessary because they don't know for sure that something's torn. 
for sure something's wrong. So let's say they gave me an MRI. They, there's me. nothing like torn, like I don't need surgery, but they can pinpoint where my physical therapy is necessary and what. Or how about you just more with? You just get they they just won't do it. Or you just get an MRI because you asked for it. Period. That's just what it should just be. I should be able to go into the doctor's office and again. Don't ask for nothing crazy, of course. I'm not gonna go into the doctor's office and say, hey, can I, you know, you know, can you remove both of my ears and 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 sew them onto my forehead? Of course not. No, we're not gonna do that. There's no medical reason for that. But you got somebody who's really been really been their shoulders been bothering them significantly for years. And they ask for an MRI, give them a freaking MRI. Done. You have insurance? Yes. I mean, this isn't this. Uh, that this is the pre-authorization. This is this is the mess that we're talking about, which is why self-medication is on the rise. I think there's a strong correlation between the expenses or how expensive healthcare is with the incline in opioid use and alcohol use. There has to be a correlation there. Strong correlation has yeah. to be. I mean, do, you know, doctors just wanted people to get out of their office, so they give them these painkillers that are addictive to get them right. out. Right. Right. That's I do know uh, a lot of doctors nowadays who who are really pulling back from prescribing um, opioids, any sort of narcotics, all the above. Uh, Good. They should. Right. I understand, again, here in Antarctica, we understand case by case, every case is different. Everyone's pain tolerance is different as well. We get that. But I feel like if you break your wrist, if you're 17 years old and you break your wrist or your ankle, you don't really need Vicodin. You don't really need a Percocet. You'll be fine with Tylenol. Tylenol, water, rest. Um, but again, I, obviously, I can't. Say, I, I'm not. I'm not a doctor. I'm not. But you know, I'll just leave that there. Leave that there. But I think that's a very important topic that we covered right there. I really do. The strong correlation between. Essentially, just how annoying our healthcare system is. Our pre-authorization with our insurance companies. Insurance companies are really, really the the a-holes. And and the incline, the increase, well, I should say, in, in self-medication. It goes back to our discussion about airlines and corporate greed, right? Like this mm, is where yeah. we see corporate greed be the most harmful. But nobody's ever done anything to help like this is the area where we need the mm. least amount of corporate greed but we have the most amount of corporate greed it's whether yeah. a hospital stays open based on the amount of money it can make and not about how many people is serving hospitals mm. seem you know they they'll close a hospital your nearest hospital will be 40 minutes away like that's that's real life that that's real and the only right. reason they do it is cuz they don't make money it, like that's not that's not okay. Like that's that's where our healthcare system is. Do hospitals not wait? First off, I need to do more research. I need to educate myself more on hospitals. Are hospitals nonprofits or are they for profits? There's both. So you have your state run hospitals and right. clinics, and then you have your private. Like the VA. Would the VA be state? That'd be federal. State run? Or is that federal? That's federal. Okay. See, I I have zero knowledge when it comes to to Hospitals, whether state-funded, federally-funded. Kind of convoluted. Right? I believe that, like, like everything UW, else in this country. UW Health is state-run. Okay. 
Okay. Because it's a part of the UW system. And I ask because before any hospital goes under, goes belly up, I feel like the state should step in because, hey, we all want our hospital to do fine or to be, to, to be functioning um, correctly for obvious reasons. Hmm. The healthcare system. We could sit here and talk for, for days about our healthcare system. But essentially what we're talking about, guys, here is something needs to happen. Something's got to give. Obviously, we all want that to be the healthcare system. Positively give. We may see if we make it more affordable for folks to receive care. I feel like that's the right step in the direction of seeing the data decrease in opioid use, alcohol use, underage shrinking. Probably not underage shrinking. I'll take that one back. Kids will be kids, unfortunately. Um, well, we, 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 I think we would see a de- uh, decrease. I think we would. Not significantly, but again, a slight decrease is better than, than the alternative. <laughs> sure is. Right. Right. Well, this has been Untapped Keg. Uh, the show deep conversation. That Monte Ball and myself, RJ Zimmerman, have about our sobriety, recovery, other people's sobriety and recovery, uh, mental health, and just straight life topics. Indeed. Uh, you can find us at Untapped Keg on Twitter, Untapped Keg Facebook, Google Untapped Keg. You'll find us all podcast services. And we are now a part of the Believe Podcast Network. Yeah. Um, yeah, we are. You can find us on YouTube at Untapped Keg, and soon that is where we will be streaming. So check us out. Uh, we'll be posting the times that we're streaming, and pop on over. Mons, where can they find you? You guys can find me at MonteBall28 on Twitter, MonteBall on Instagram. Please friend me, shoot me a message, topics, what have you. I mean, it can be off the wall, you guys. We'll see how we can incorporate into a show. RJ, where can they find you? You can find me at It's Trickster on Twitter, ITZ, the I is a one in Trickster, Untapped Keg, great place mm-hmm. to find us, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Please subscribe, like, leave us a review, leave us a comment, give us questions that you'd like to hear. Uh, let us know how we can do better, and yeah. let's try to be better tomorrow than we were today, because at least if we didn't make it, we tried. Thank you, everybody. Have one second. One. Yep. I got a question for you. Would you rather be like Mr. Freeze or, and this will be quick, you know, I want one of these questions every time or the flamethrower guy. I always forget his name from Fantastic Four. Pretty much the guy who could get Johnny fire Storm. all in his body. Yeah. Which one would you rather be and why? Johnny Storm, because he can fly. Okay. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E 
AV on YouTube.